the Incredibles. My name is Denise and I come from Eltham in London and I'd like to talk to you about a very special saint called Saint Charbel. He's a Catholic Lebanese Maronite and uh, he's a hermit. So I'm going to take you on my personal journey uh, with Saint Charbel. But I'm going to start off by saying that I really feel that he is one of the special saints for this time in the history of the church. At the Vatican, he is the number one miracle worker through his intercession. There is no other saint at this time in history of the church that touches how many thousands upon thousands of miracles, signs and wonders. So heaven itself is putting a spotlight on this saint in this period of the history of the church. Now, St. Charbel was born in the 1800s and he died in 1898. He became a Maronite monk and he served in uh, different monasteries in Lebanon. And when he was quite a young priest, there was a, a, a terrible uh, massacre. I think over 20,000 Maronite monks, religious and lay people were just murdered by the Turks that came over and I think some from the Druze sect. This would have been soldiers. And so they flocked up, the, um, the ones that survived, uh, when their houses were burnt down, they flocked up to the monastery up in Anaya where St. Charbel was based. So he helped in any way and he was doing a lot of penance for not only the victims but also the perpetrators of this terrible massacre that took place amongst the Maronites. And um, apparently the monks would say that he was drunk on God, that's what they would say, he was drunk on God and he had a tremendous union with the Lord and at some point he'd asked to become a hermit and there was a hermitage that was up the hill further up about half an hour's walk from the monastery there was this hermitage in Anaya and uh, there were three hermits living there and so he had to wait for one of them to die before he could take his place so there was a little miracle that was worked that gave a sign if you like to that abbot to allow St. Charbel to become a hermit and they used to have the, like a little lamp with oil they would light for their room to be able to read. And there was a couple of seminarians and for a prank they decided to fill St. Charbel's lamp with water. So he thanked them profusely for filling up his lamp and so they tiptoed after and was looking through the keyhole to see you know, what his reaction would be when he tried to light the lamp. But to their surprise the lamp lit. So while they were like in this kind of consternation outside his cell, the abbot came past. And the abbot said, you know, what are you, what are you two doing outside St. Charbel's cell? And they said, well, we've got a confession that we, we filled Father Charbel's lamp up with water, but it's lighting. So in walks the abbot and blows out the lamp and then tastes it and could tell it's water and relights it again and it, and it lights up. So I think they have some kind of um, 
I don't know, some kind of liturgy to do around the lighting of lamps with oil now. And so, so remember this, what I'm telling you about the oil now, because it comes in later on in the story. So anyway, the abbot took this as a sign, you know, that miracles were happening around St. Charbel. And so he allowed him to go up, to be a hermit up at the hermitage. So while he was a hermit, he would sleep for just three hours a night on the floor with a piece of wood as a pillow. He would pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament from midnight until 11 o'clock in the morning on his knees in this absolutely freezing cold hermitage. And he would only have one meal a day, which would be made up of just possibly just one type of food. So, it, you know, it could be just potatoes. And he would do all the hardest work in the monastery. So he was really an ascetic monk. Now, my interest came with St. Charbel when I, w- I had an invite to go on pilgrimage with the Lebanese Maronite chaplain for Europe and he was taking groups every now and again out to Lebanon on pilgrimage. So I went out with a group of uh, 38, and uh, we stayed in the guest house at the monastery of St. Charbel. And whilst we were there, there was an assassination attempt on the ex-president of Lebanon, which brought down half of St. George's Hotel. There were dozens murdered including the ex-president and hundreds injured so we were found ourselves right in the middle of that situation so the whole country was plunged into four days of national mourning and so the whole of the Lebanese community just flopped up to St. Charbel's shrine where we were staying because they were really uncertain with the political situation and everything now what's going to happen to our nation so that really got our pilgrimage group praying and just literally two hours before the assassination our group had an audience with the patriarch of the east who gave us his blessing for our protection for our pilgrimage and literally within hours his whole country was plunged into this national crisis So every night I would go down to the crypt and just spend some time praying by the tomb of St. Charbel. Now, St. Charbel lived for 23 years as a hermit. And a week before his death, he was celebrating Mass and he had a stroke literally while he was celebrating Mass and he was taken off the altar. And he actually died on Christmas Eve. And it was you know during a blizzard storm and they laid out his body in the chapel and immediately a ray of light from the tabernacle shone on the body of Saint Charbel so he's hardly he's still warm and and here is heaven placing this light upon this hermit that was hidden away nobody knew about Saint Charbel hidden away um, but he had such union with God and when he was buried in the monastery grounds again the light from the tabernacle in the monastery would shine towards where his coffin was and so they decided at some point to exhume his body 
and they found like as if he was still alive. I mean, literally, his beard was still growing, and this oil was flowing out of his body. And they were trying to do everything to try and stop this oil. They would take him out and put him in the sun to see if the sun would dry out the oil, but nothing worked. And literally, for decades and decades, this oil was oozing out of this saint's body. And so very quickly, they obviously um, contacted the Vatican. The Vatican sent their own medical people in. And uh, they, you know, it was an unknown phenomena that was taking place. And there was healings through this oil of St. Charbel. So he was beatified during the time of the uh, Second Vatican Council. And uh, apparently one night there was this cardinal in the Vatican who was asleep in his cell. And suddenly he woke up and his whole cell was filled with light. And the cardinal said, you know, who are you? And he said, the one you do not want to beatify and so, you know, obviously this cardinal was putting a bit of a, a spanner in the works. And uh, since then, they can't keep up with the amount of miracles that are taking place around uh, St. Charbel. One famous miracle happened in, I think it was 1993. There was a Lebanese woman in her 50s who was the mother of 12 children and she had partial paralysis and the doctor said that they could operate on her but they could even you know make her worse and she was terrified of this operation so she declined but she felt completely useless you know for her family because she was couldn't really do anything so in the end she prayed to Saint Charbel and her son went up to pray by the tomb of Saint Charbel and she said you know to the mother of God and Saint Charbel no, either cure me or take me, but don't leave me like this. And so, anyway, um, that night, St. Charbel, with another monk that she didn't recognise, appeared to her in a dream, or a type of dream. And St. Charbel said, we are going to operate on you. And she was frightened, and he said, but I can tell you it will be a success. So she gave him permission and he made two incisions on either side of her neck and sutured these up and anyway she was completely cured. So um, her family had to take her to the hospital to get the sutures, to get the stitches taken out and one of the surgeons said well he's done an amazing job, I've never ever seen such neat stitches. And then after that Saint Charbel appeared to her again in a dream and he said I have a mission for you on the 22nd of every month you are to process up to the monastery to where my tomb is to pray for peace and on that day on the 22nd of every month your wounds will reopen in your neck which will be a sign to everybody that goes up there so sometimes there can be up to 30,000 people in Lebanon that will process to the tomb to pray together with this lady. And then there was another recent miracle. It was an Assyrian family that were living in Holland and when this woman gave birth to her baby girl, the baby skull was 
fractured and it wasn't completely closed. And she was blind, she was deaf, she was paralysed and her nose wasn't even situated where it should be on her face. And the distraught parents took this child to about every specialist in Holland and no one could help this little one. So in desperation he took his child back to Beirut to his mother who had a great devotion to St. Charbel. And she didn't hesitate, she grabbed some friends and they drove up the mountain to take the child to the hermitage where St. Charbel died. And immediately when they got to the hermitage, the little girl got out of the car and she started to walk towards the hermit's cell. But she wasn't completely healed. So they kept praying and saying, St. Charbel, finish the job, you know, completely heal this little one. And then that night, St. Charbel appeared to the little girl, placed his hands on her skull, closed her skull, placed his hands on her eyes, on her ears, and she could see and hear. And also, um, her little nose was put really where it should be, in the middle of her face. And he spent the whole night um, talking to her in the Assyrian language. But there's absolutely extraordinary miracles that are taking place and signs and wonders around St. Charbel in this time in the Church's history. Now, St. Charbel himself, during his life, would actually pray very much for the Jews, for the Muslims and for all the faiths in the Middle East. And so if you want a really powerful saint to pray for peace in the Middle East, please pray to St. Charbel. And the Lebanese, the Maronites, have really uh, promoted St. Charbel in Medjugorje. So if you go to Medjugorje, you'll see in the shops like, um, you know, an image of St. Charbel. And there is a St. Charbel Centre that has been opened in Medjugorje, which is it's the first shop that you come to outside the cemetery where Father Slavko is buried. And then also they've added to that, there's um, uh, like a log cabin, which is like a little room to pray. And this has been dedicated to pray for the unborn. And actually in this chapel there's a big image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, there's a first-class relic of St. Charbel that's been brought there. And, you know, people go to pray for the unborn in this chapel. So when I was in Medjugorje twice during the course of last year, it seems to be whenever I go to Medjugorje and I see him around, I start promoting him among pilgrims that I see. And there's a biography um, booklet that they sell in this centre for St. Charbel. And I give that out to pilgrims. And I just sense him around me. And so I went out to Medjugorje in May, and this happened then. And I actually met a young Lebanese woman whose little unborn baby was so handicapped in her womb. But she decided that she wanted her baby. And so she had all St. Charbel prayer groups around Lebanon praying for her unborn baby. And when the baby was born, they bought a first-class relic to bless her with. The baby was perfectly healthy, and the doctors were completely astounded. And so this case has been investigated by the Vatican for a miracle at the moment. And then I met another lady when I went in October, whose child was also healed from blindness. 
Um, and so it's one thing to hear about miracles and you read about them, but when you actually meet people that themselves, that their children have received a miracle through the intercession of St. Charbel, somehow it starts to make things more real. So just before I left Medjugorje in October, I said to St. Charbel, St. Charbel, I won't forget you when I go back. I will be an apostle of St. Charbel and I will try to spread you when I come home. Well, literally, the day after I came home and went to St. Peter's Church in Woolwich, the parish priest there, who had been to Medjugorje a few weeks before, said to me, Denise, how did your pilgrimage go? And the first words out of my mouth was, St. Charbel was all around me. And... He said, I know I've seen a picture of St. Charbel in Medjugorje, but I know nothing about this saint. But when I said to him, well, he's the number one miracle worker at this time in the history of the church, he said, tell me more. I want to know all about this saint. I said, okay, I'll get you some material together and I'll bring it to the presbytery the next day. And I did. And I was thinking when I was typing him up a letter, when I was getting the things together, well, wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a shrine in St. Peter's Church to St. Charbel? Well, I never wrote anything about that in my letter. That was just in my heart. But the following time when I met Father Michael and I said, did you get all the information on St. Charbel? He said, yes, I did. He said, you know what? I'm thinking about getting a shrine in, in St. Peter's Church for St. Charbel. And I said... Oh, really, Father? And I thought, no, St. Charbel is really active here. So then he asked me if I could uh, get some prayer cards because there is a first Friday healing mass at St. Peter's the Apostle Church in Woolwich, which attracts, you know, up to 400 people there on the first Friday at 12.30 mass. And so we managed to get 3,000 prayer cards and they were distributed at the first Friday Mass when Father Leon from Medjugorje was over. So he was witnessing all of these prayer cards being given out. So I don't even know whether Father Leon, who's the chaplain of Medjugorje, knows that much about St. Charbel, but he does now. And so now, um, uh, oh yeah, and then what happened then? Father Michael's, you know, wants to get this shrine going, and we were thinking, well, do we get a statue or a picture of St. Charbel? And then I met someone called Antonia Moffat um, just in the high street where I live and she doesn't even live anywhere near my town. And we started to talk about St. Charbel because she had been to Lebanon as well and she at some point had arranged two retreat days of St. Charbel in Westminster Cathedral and in the National Shrine of Our Lady of Walsingham to promote St. Charbel. So when I was telling her about what is going on at St. Peter's at this moment in time, she said, tell me about that image that you're using. And I said, it's a black and white image that um, local artists had done. And she said, I think I've been given the original of that image that you're using as a little prayer card in a beautiful frame. And I know where that's going. That's going to be posted to Father Michael Branch for his shrine in St. Peter's at Woolwich. So that's the journey. So that's where I'm at the moment. <laughs> so St. Charbel, pray for us at this moment in time. 
pray for the church, pray for priests, and we pray for peace in the Middle East. Amen. Incredible 